on this episode, Jason ruins my life. Kelsey, with... I'm gonna let you finish, but ruin my life had one of the best Kanye West episodes of all time. Oh, it's so stupid. I'm sorry. This is a terrible idea. It's the Kanye West episode. Welcome to Ruin My Life, the podcast about forcing your friends to like the things you like. I'm Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. And today we are talking about the man, the myth, the meme, Kanye West. I'm excited for this one. Jason's really excited. I'm very excited. To preface this, when we first became friends, or like a little after we became friends, Jason wrote me a five-page essay about why I should listen to Kanye West's music. I believe I said, hey, I'm going to send you some of Kanye's music if you want to hear it. Yeah. And what I sent you was every one of his albums. Ever. With a five-page primer. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, describing the order you should listen to them in. It's very good. And I didn't even mean to do it. I just sat down to like, oh, I'll write a little bit of a list and it just all came out. Yeah. So I've got a lot of thoughts about Kanye West. I've been thinking about him basically nonstop since 2008, <laughs> 2007, give or take a little Which bit. Which is only like... Two thirds of his career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm a casual fan. I'm a casual fan. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> I feel a deep artistic and personal connection to Kanye West, which is weird because we share basically no traits in our background or personality or artistic process, and it feels weird to compare my artistic process to Kanye West. Hair. Yeah, I mean, he has <laughs> hair though. He does have hair. He has, he has grown it out sometimes. Oh, yeah. I guess he did for a while. Kanye West. I mean, everyone knows this, but I'm just going to do it anyway. Please do. Kanye West is a rapper slash producer slash designer slash entrepreneur slash professional famous person. Slash meme. Slash meme. He was born in 1977. He began his career as a producer. Uh, he popularized the Chipmunk Soul style of production, which was... Are you familiar with this? I mean, I can sort of infer what it means. I assume it's like using soul samples but like pitched up a bunch exactly yeah. yeah that was a huge thing in the early 2000s and he basically i don't know if he invented it but he really pushed it to the forefront of the of the, the genre mm -hmm. and he gained a lot of acclaim for his work on jay-z's 2001 album blueprint which was a you know big creative renaissance for jay-z which one was that that's where uh uh h the Izzo is from okay cool and uh, it was sort of the beginning of his feud with nas but i'm you probably or less interested in that. I don't know anything about it. It's where the H to the Izzo song is from. Okay, cool. And it was a big deal. And in 2003, he released his first solo album, The College Dropout, which was met with overwhelming critical acclaim and immediately launched him to the top of the rap world and made him, you know, a, a pop star in his own right. And then, you know, after that, you know, the rest is history, baby. Kanye West is widely known, aside from his music, for his sort of antagonistic self-aggrandizing persona and his public outbursts most famous of which is um either his you know episode on the hurricane katrina telecast where he was standing next to <laughs> mike myers and he or kanye west not mike myers yeah <laughs> said george bush doesn't care about black people which was true yeah i was like not wrong he's not he wasn't wrong, not he, wrong. he got a lot of flack for that a thing that is almost like 
objectively true. And like would not have been like if he said it today, like nothing would have happened. Well, today people were mad at him for being too friendly with the president <laughs> because he was photographed like he had took a meeting with Trump like a month after Trump won the election. Yeah. But that was like the same time Kanye was either coming out of or about to go into like a psychiatric hospital. Yeah. So I don't know if we really want to pass that much judgment on for that. Yeah. Um, his, I guess his other most famous public thing is the 2009 VMAs where he interrupted Taylor Swift's acceptance speech for video of the year to rant about how good Beyonce's single ladies video was. Which it was. Which is also an accurate thing yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. Like he maybe went about it in the wrong way, but again, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. Also, it was hilarious. <laughs> it was super funny. People funny. people forget about how funny that is. I feel like I saw it in a, a GIF recently. For some reason, and I was like, that's pretty funny. It's like the shrug he does, the Kanye shrug. Kanye shrug. <laughs> there's no like, like just there's no better gif or just you know physical motion to express like how much you you don't care. Yeah. You don't care how foolish well, or I also upsetting feel like you you look. You just you, whatever. Now in hindsight, where I don't really care about Taylor Swift as a person, I don't really think she's a victim and i think she's played that for a while so i'm kind of on kanye's side for that bit yeah boy they they both really like this is this is stuck with both of them for so long right like kanye obviously you know he's never gonna escape the you know the the image of himself as like this obnoxious aggressive dude which is you know not entirely unearned but is overblown for sure Mm -hmm. especially based off of this incident which is you know just a wacky thing that happened at an award show yeah like ODB interrupted Sean Mullins' award speech. Or not Sean Mullins. Sean Colvin? Who did Sonny Came Home? Sean Colvin. Sean Colvin, thank you. And people love that shit. Mm-hmm. It's all over YouTube. People think that's hilarious. And in 10 years, that's going to be how we look back on this. I mean, it's been almost 10 years. Oh, no. It's already happening. It's been nine years. I'm starting. I'm the, I'm, start, I'm leading the campaign, <laughs> the revisionist history campaign, to well, let's acknowledge how funny that was. Let's do it. And honestly, now that we know that Taylor Swift is kind of like, not the nicest person in the I world. I think as much of an egotistical, grandizing person as Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> Only one of them, uh, you know, makes better music. Who's to say which one? I'm not going to say personally. We all know where you stand on We're this. We're not doing an episode about uh, Taylor Swift. I'll tell you that. That's true. <laughs> I don't think that either of them has really gotten over or will ever get out from under that whole situation she is still making songs about it and he to be fair he is too yeah that's what i'm saying yeah. uh, so kelsey but that doesn't matter background i guess because it, it was it, funny it, it was, it's funny like it's a funny thing to do to get that mad about a vma right? a made-up award for nothing for nothing it's like storming the stage of the people's choice awards <laughs> do they even televise the people's choice awards they they do Hmm. They or they did a few years ago. I'm not sure if they still do, but I, I mean, Sarah watched like the I've 2012 never People's, voted Choice in the Awards. People's Choice Awards. But I'm a person. I should get to vote in those. What they should really do for the People's Choice Awards? We should get to nominate who's nominated if they're the People's Choice. I think what they'll start doing now is basically just uh, you know with all this this data they've collected, they'll just accumulate they all that of our, all of and our they'll data vote mining. for us. Okay, yeah, like, that makes like, sense. Because because they know you know they know. What we, we like the most. But we watch some bad shit. I know, and they're gonna they're gonna let us know that they know. As anyway. Kelsey Goldman would say, anyway. <laughs> Kelsey, before we start this whole journey, what were your thoughts about Kanye West? I mean, I know you probably had heard a good deal of his music, but like what was your general feeling about I mean, him and his, his work? I like I recognize that he is clearly a talented producer because he's 
he has so much output and he has, you know, a lot of acclaim for that. It wasn't really music that I listened to until recently, I guess. And it's still not music. I, it's not like my go-to music, but um, I like it. And, you know, I'd heard what was on the radio when I was in high school and stuff and college. And, you know, his persona, which is, I think, separate from who he is. Like, his, he's almost a character he's playing. Like, I feel like he has, like, a Colbert-esque, like, outward persona that Colbert obviously doesn't have anymore because he's himself on his current show. But you know what I'm saying? I do. <laughs> I don't know if I entirely agree. I think Kanye is one of his greatest assets and maybe his greatest weakness is he has no filter. I would say the public image of him that people have is not accurate. Okay. That would I say is a character. Okay. I mean, you know, the president of the United States called him a jackass. <laughs> the, the current president. No, no. Obama. Obama. He was okay. on tape calling Kanye West a jackass. Okay, I I, I trust him. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's also not wrong. No. He, he behaves in an outlandish way. But yeah, I guess I like I understood that he was talented, but I guess I didn't really realize why or why he was so lasting as a an artist and why he rose to prominence in the first place. Well, Kelsey, with that in mind, I put together a ten song playlist for you that argues in my opinion, exactly why Kanye West is a great and lasting talent. Okay. And also sort of very loosely takes you on a journey from who he was at the beginning of his career to who he is now in a way that I hope gives you some insight into him as a person. Mm-hmm. Or at least into, you know, my understanding of him as a person through his music and his public uh, persona. So the first song I, I put on the playlist is All Falls Down, featuring Selena Johnson from The College Dropout, released in 2003. But yeah, but I've heard this song before then, obviously, like it was on the radio and stuff. But I don't think I ever like was like, oh, that's Kanye. That's a Kanye song. And it like it's catchy and it's slightly more introspective than I expected lyrically. Yeah, this is back when Kanye was basically a backpack rapper. I mean, almost literally he was his iconic thing was his pink polo and his Louboutin backpack. (laughs) Backpack rapper? A backpack rapper is like a term for I actually don't know if I can define it really well. It's like an indie, more underground, like a conscious rapper. Sure. Someone who's not like a mainstream rapper. Okay. Like white dudes in college. Sure. Listen to. <laughs> and All Falls Down is, it's not super indicative of his style at the time. Like it doesn't have the chipmunk soul vibe. There's no, like it's built around a sample, a, yeah. um, a Lauren Hill sample that he had to get resung for legal reasons. But it's not really soulful. So it's it's a little bit more... You know, when I think about Kanye West and his music, I don't think about acoustic guitars, which this is basically built around. But it's, I think it's important to establish with this, this this story I'm telling that Kanye's persona when he first came on the scene was like the everyman. And that's weird, wild, like looking back <laughs> on it now from where he is and like yeah. where he's ended up. But that was this whole thing was that he was like, hey, you know, I'm a regular guy. I'm, you know, I'm here to like talk about problems people have with consumerism and how we get caught up in that culture but hey i'm part of it too i ain't even gonna act holier than thou because fuck it i went to jacob with the thirty-five thousand before i had a house he dropped he dropped over three thousand dollars on a piece of jewelry before he owned a house wow i don't know if that's exactly a literal literal thing that happened but that's the, the, but that's the, the... the point is he's you know we're all self-conscious he's just the first to admit it and he was he was the first person Ever? To ever admit to being self-conscious. Oh, goodness. Yeah, this is the, well, you don't remember. It was 2003. It was a different time. No one admitted to it. I was, like, 
13. I bet you're pretty self-conscious, right? Very. But did you admit it? I had so much acne. Oh. I think I was in therapy at that time, so maybe. No. You didn't put on a mixtape, though. Mm-mm. No, it's a, it's a good song. It's... I think it's a, it's a good starting point. It's establishing a, a baseline. Mm-hmm. Oh, what I'm trying to do with this early part of the mix is establish a character. Okay. To show you where he came from, to get you to relate to him a little bit. Okay. Because we all know, you know, uh, maybe we don't all have the same relationship with consumerism yeah. or buying things as the people in the song do, but you can understand it. I think the next song does that a lot better. Well, moving on then. Yeah. The next song is from 2005, Late Registration. Mm-hmm. It is Hey Mama. Mm-hmm. This one is built around a sample once again. Uh, this is Today Won't Come Again by Dono Lace. This is a little bit more fitting with that style. I mean, it's, again, not super representative of the era it's from because mm-hmm. Kanye's big thing in Late Registration was he brought on John Bryan the composer to add a lot of like strings and, and, you know, keys and then like a lot more ornate instrumentation to his work. And that's not really in this, but this song is Kanye at his most endearing and sweet. Cause you wouldn't think of Kanye nowadays as being sweet, but this is a very sweet song mm-hmm. about his relationship to his mom and just how much he loves her. And, and it really, you know, if you were trying to establish this character of Kanye West, you know, it's, it's hard not to, it's hard to dislike a guy who makes a whole song about how much he loves his mom. For me, like it feels like personal. It feels like like a human is singing this and not a persona, um, which I feel like a lot of his later stuff just feels like a persona or like a character. I also sort of drew a line to this and Chance, who was like a, a protege of, of Kanye, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And I can see how this type of musicality would, how Chance's musicality would register with someone who was doing this at the time. Kanye's best prodigy. He ain't signed me, but he proud of me. Didn't sign him? No, I mean he's not signed. Yeah, oh, that's, right. that's Chance's whole that's thing. That's Chance's whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, I mean you could really imagine Chance the rapper making this song. Yeah, I really like Chance the rapper. He's a national treasure. Obviously, and I like that was definitely the line that I drew, and I and because I think something about Chance the rapper feels very genuine and endearing in a lot of his music, and I think that like definitely shows through in this particular song. Yeah. And, the, and to your point, the idea of this feeling like a real person and not a persona or a character of any sort is rare, not just in rap music, but in music in general. In general, yeah. yeah. Like a lot of pop songs. Yeah. You know, it's, it's rare to have a song that feels like it came from a real person's life, mm-hmm. even in a genre as like introspective and, and I'm not sure how to put this, like individually driven as hip hop. Yeah. It's, it's rare to feel like you're just seeing someone's actual inner life expressed. Mm-hmm. The next song is from 2007's graduation album. It is Champion. And I, and I picked this less because of what it says about Kanye as a human or as a character. As a human character. Than as what it says about his like musical uh, style at the time. Mm-hmm. Because Graduation is, I think of it as his pop album. And all the songs are very, they're shorter. They're more concise. There's not a lot of sprawl in the album itself. It's all, it's all very contained. Like this is the album that stronger comes from well i feel like this is the kanye that i know that like when i think of kanye i think of this album which is maybe wrong or maybe just because that it was the most pervasive in the pop into pop music at a time when i was still listening to the radio sorry i checked the date (laughs) (laughs) and like so it would you know and i was still hearing because it's really hard for me to know what is popular right now because i almost never listen to the radio and like it's it's hard to establish when you just sort of find things through your own interests. 
That's not even really your fault, too, because no. listening to the radio nowadays would not give you an idea of what's actually popping there because things are so, so decentralized. Yeah. So at a time when I was still, like, hearing what was popular and going to, like, school dances and stuff <laughs> or in parties and whatever. What we talk about? I didn't go to parties. Yeah, come on. <laughs> come on. Who is, who is this person I'm talking um, to right now? <laughs> but, yeah, so, and, like, this is the Kanye that I associate with Kanye, I think. I feel the same way, uh, in a sense, because this is the first album of his I bought when it came out. Yeah. That I was, like, looking forward to, because I really got into his stuff. I didn't own any albums, actually, before this one, but when Late Registration was coming out, because, you know, Late Registration, that every, like, song on that album was on the radio, basically. Mm-hmm. If you listen to it now, it's, like, the first four or five tracks were all number one songs. What are the first four or five tracks? Oh, it's, like, um, Heard Him Say, Gold Digger, Touch the Sky. Mm. It's all, like, back-to-back. Like, it's crazy how... how front load of that album is and then i listened to graduation and, and, and it had stronger on it which was my most played song of freshman year of college probably but i didn't go with that one because it's also well it's first of all it's a little bit too obvious when i like, know it it's very it's very well known <laughs> yeah. which is not a bad thing it just it's also a little bit too indebted to the sample i mean i think kanye makes it his own but you know, if, if, you, if you told me this was just a remix of the Daft Punk song. I would just sampling, say this is Daft Punk featuring Kanye West. Yeah. And I, not Kanye West featuring Daft Punk. <laughs> yeah. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I think it's not a bad argument. Whereas this mm-hmm. is more of his, in his style of taking a sample that's not too obvious. It's recognizable, but not mm-hmm. overwhelmingly obvious and building a song around it. I mean, this is the Steely Dan song. Which is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, that's like, that's a, the, the, the daddest of dad rock bands. And he built this fun little, like, Kind of, it's still kind of got a little of that Kanye idiosyncronicity to it. Idiosyncrasity. I should really learn what that word is because I use it a lot. It's a very poppy, like upbeat song. Yeah. But there's still like, there's a lot of like quiet space in it still. Yeah. The boom bath, there's not a lot in between that like, stuff. Like, do you mean idiosyncratic in that like it's not like totally, like it still feels different from like another pop song at the time? Like it yeah. still feels like it has something that's just a little out there. Yeah, like like other like when B O B the rapper B O B yeah uh, the now, flat earther now no for being a flat earther <laughs> um, is when he wasn't that when he released his like big pop album he got you know Taylor Swift and Rivers Cuomo and Haley Williams from Paramore like a bunch of like pop singers to sing hooks for him when Kanye made his pop album he sampled a song by by two French robots and then made a hit single out of a Celia Dan riff. Yeah, okay. I, I get what you're saying now. I'm saying is it, this, is, this is maybe my, I don't want to say it's my least favorite Kanye album, but it's the one that's, I think, the least interesting, but it still is interesting. Also, I think this is, Champion is just a fun song. Yeah. And it's, it's a little less played, so it's, you know, there's a little bit of freshness to it, unlike, again, Stronger, which I've heard, which everyone's heard a million times. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I like it a lot. And it still gives you, it's still a little bit personal. It's about his life. It's a little bit about his dad, actually, which you don't hear a lot about his dad on his albums because I think they he, they weren't super close growing up because his parents got divorced when he was like three or four. Same. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. I have something in common with Kanye hey, West. there you go. <laughs> Look, we're making connections. Yeah. Kanye went through some hard times after graduation. That's when his, his mom passed away. Uh, yeah, due to complications during surgery. And also he, uh, like, like, at the same time, his uh, engagement fell apart like he was engaged to a woman he'd been with for like six years oh wow and that fell apart oh and so yeah it's rough it's roof stoof and so a year later he he released 808s and heartbreak which was a huge 
stylistic shift for him. You know, it's first of all, he mostly sang on it with autotune. He didn't do much rapping. And it's got this very like, you know, sort of new wave-ish, dark, icy, quiet desperation to it. And uh, the song I picked from that, sorry, is I should mention, mm-hmm. is Welcome to Heartbreak, the second song on the album featuring Kid Cudi. Mm-hmm. I picked it because I like 808s and Heartbreak a lot. I'm one of the, I think, it's one of those albums I think people are going to come around to again at some point. But I've been, I've been A1 since day one on this album. I love this crazy weird thing. I feel like this album is like 10 years ahead of its time. Like when I listened to the song, I was like, this sounds like it's on the radio now and like The weekend should be on it. Or something, you know? Um. <laughs> Kanye himself said, I'm ahead of my time, sometimes years out. Yeah, I think he is here, though. Like, I think the sort of, like, rapper singing on autotune and the sort of dancey but not dancey, you know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, dark. I think that's that's a lot. I think that's a lot of stuff that's happening now. In people are into that sort of electronic. Yeah, and pop music as a whole is... A little bit less so like right now, but, but for a couple years there, it was yeah. all about just being very dark mm-hmm. and sad and depressing. Like you got like Lord and Lana Del Rey and... Yeah, Mike Posner had his comeback <laughs> with a hit single about being sad. What was that? Uh, a Pill in Ibiza. I took a Pill in Ibiza. No, I haven't heard it. Really? No. Oh, we should talk about that. I love that song. <laughs> I could do a whole episode about that song. I was thinking we should do more episodes about like one song. Up next, the Mike Posner episode of Ruin My Life. Ding, that's happening. Because, like, there are definitely songs I could talk about, like, one song for this song. Or, like, one album of a an artist. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I picked this song, Welcome to Heartbreak, because it's one of the most songy songs on 808's and Heartbreak. Like, the, this, is the sec- this is the second track. The first track is Say You Will. It is six minutes long. It's like... So it's a very experimental album. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's popular stuff on it, but, mm-hmm. like, like, Say You Will, you know... You know, uh, in the air tonight, the Phil Collins song. Coming in the air tonight. You know how it has that big like drum solo, drum solo in the and it like really picks up for the last minute and like a half. Like in the bridge, like it's like a it's like a drum bridge. Yeah. <laughs> Say, Say will is like if uh, <laughs> if if in the air tonight happened. Yeah. But the drums never kicked in. Weird. That might work though. It's kind of got this sound that always reminds me of like a. Like a heartbeat monitor in a hospital. Okay. And it's it's just an odd way to start off an album. And then you have the song Streetlights in this album, which basically is the origin of Drake's entire career. Really? And then some of the album songs are like like Amazing or uh, Heartless. I know one, that one. Well, one, one of my favorite things that I've heard. I like heard, Heartless a lot. Kanye once said in an interview that he, when he was making 808s and Heartbreak, he wanted some of the songs to have this sort of like very genre specific melodies. Super sad. Like he wanted Heartless to have this sort of almost Broadway style melody, like in the night I hear yeah, them talk. Yeah. And where he's like, I like that song a lot. Yeah. Whereas Amazing is more like, it's amazing. It's like a it's country, like a country song, song. Yeah. Okay. And it, you can't really hear that in the album. It doesn't really come through. But it's like interesting that he's thinking about it. Yeah. That it's, way. it's an interesting way because you, you can sort of hear it. That is a really interesting way to think about Heartless because like I love that song and I don't really know. And I have, I have like the original version and like three different covers of that song <laughs> in my iTunes library because I think it's a really interesting melody and I think it's a really interesting song when people cover it. 
Um, but the original is great too. I, I thought honestly for a while that Heartless was going to be like his song. Really? Like I thought it was going to be. I remember when when Glee covered Gold Digger. <laughs> I was um, talking to Sarah and we were like, we couldn't figure out why they're doing that when they when could, Heartless, when Heartless exists. existed. Yeah, <laughs> like come on, we we, we are, we've already moved on. Let's not talk about Glee. Anyway, I could do a whole episode about Eight and Heartbreak, but I won't. But I won't. But, but I, yeah, I didn't realize Heartless was on that album. I like that. Oh yeah, I yeah. like that song a lot. And to know that it was like sort of based on like a musical theater melody, like yeah. that makes me understand why I like it a little more. Yeah, and also, also, uh, it's, it's also like that whole the whole album sounds like it's in minor keys, basically. And I love minor key songs, yeah. so check it out. It's a weird one. Now I just want to hear like Norm Lewis sing "Heartless," <laughs> <laughs> like as the it, Phantom. I think it sounds pretty good. I think it sounds pretty good. Right. <laughs> the next song I picked is from the era before. Kanye's fifth album came out. So Kanye, after the Taylor Swift thing in 2009, he mm-hmm. sort of, he, he only went away for like a, less than a year. But, but it felt like a but long with, time. But with how like big a presence Kanye was at the time, yeah. him being away for that long felt like he was in almost like a semi-retirement. Mm-hmm. Then he, in the in the lead up to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, he started doing this thing called Good Fridays, G-O-O-D Fridays, named after his music label. Good, stand, good music. Does that stand for something? Stands for getting out our dreams. Okay. It stands for something, yeah. Sure. It's mostly just good for puns. Yeah. And he would release them um, on every, not every Friday, but like several Fridays consecutively. Yeah. He basically would just drop a new song. And a lot of those songs ended up on the album to the point where when the track list for uh, Dark Fantasy was revealed, I was like, oh, really? I've heard half of heard these already. All of these. <laughs> Like, like Monster was a Good Friday's song. Monster's a great song. Yeah, Monster's... Monster is my favorite Kanye West song. Oh, it's fantastic. It's so good. But I knew you loved it, so I didn't include this right. one. Right. <laughs> what I've included is one of the ones that did not make the album, mm-hmm. Christian Dior Denim Flow, featuring Kit Cudi, Pusha T, John Legend, Lloyd Banks, and Ryan Leslie. I know who, like, three of those people are? Yeah, you, you probably don't need to know who Ryan Leslie is. Who's Lloyd Banks? He's a rapper. Okay. He was kind of popular this time. I don't know what he's doing nowadays, but this song is just, I don't know. I, I, I it was, it, it didn't make the album for, it's not, it's not that good, mm-hmm. but it really demonstrates like where Kanye was like the era he was heading into with dark twisted fantasy. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I, I kind of said. I was like, I understand how he got to that, that album from, from there. Um, like I can see how this is sort of a transitional, like he's not quite there yet. Owing that I'm thinking like the, the ultimate, song from that album is monster i think it's probably the best song on that album but i'm biased because it's my favorite song that he's made it's a good song i'm not gonna argue with you (laughs) not about Um, this kelsey i think i think musically this is such an interesting song and it's it's definitely demonstrating what he's working towards and the next album and and the sort of collaboration and all that stuff that that happens there and um because a, a lot of the songs in the album have a lot of people on them this is when kanye started into he's still basically in this mode now but yeah. he'll just throw like whoever is around he'll throw them on a song like yeah. he'll he'll throw he'll throw kid cuddy on there to make a hook because cuddy is actually very good at making hooks mm-hmm. doesn't quite sound soulful enough get john legend on there baby have him soulful <laughs> that hook up yeah sing the harmonies um and i think like you can see how it's going there i think lyrically it's a little it's a lot less introspective and we're starting to see the sort of like more of the persona more of the the human meme as it were <laughs> i wish there was more of a like a transitional thing i could give you for this yeah the, the truth is like going from 808s and heartbreak into 
uh, dark twisted fantasy is a it's it's jarring yeah like it's it's as jarring from that into this as it was from graduation into 808s right like he does he goes from like this very minimalist stripped down quiet album to this maximalist i don't know if that's a word but it's like lush and vivid thing yeah and this is um, that's the thing it just it's like it feels so big yes you know but not it doesn't sound bad when we talk about the next song i will have more i have more opinions on that but yeah. i like this song a lot it's too long it's it's, it's like when he first released it it was like two minutes shorter and then he went back and like re-added in it's all like the almost extra seven verse. minutes it's really it's way too long for what it is it might be over seven minutes it's around seven minutes and it feels like the tempo gets slower as it goes it, on it does yeah does it actually or does it just feel like that well the beat drops out a little bit yeah so i think it's a little bit slower there's less it's quieter mm-hmm. i don't know if it actually like the actual time the sign- time signature slows down at all because yeah. i'm stupid about music actually but i like he says that as he talks about music very very <laughs> intelligently but... jason's very good at talking about music and i want him to do it more Thank you, Kelsey. That's You're very welcome. nice of you to say. <laughs> but Kanye does his verse about literally he's just name dropping supermodels. Yeah, like <laughs> that's all his verse is. Yeah, is like naming it's, it's models just, he thinks are good looking. It's so lyrically like less rich than um, a lot of his other stuff previous to this, and even stuff that made it onto my beautiful dark twisted family. I still I fantasy. Sorry, I think it's um, I think he's still like lyrically not as introspective and almost not as interesting but i think he has other a lot of other people rapping that are interesting yeah because like my favorite thing about monster is the Nicki minaj verse because Nicki right. minaj is the best thing about any song she's on <laughs> that's just how it is most songs she's on there's probably no, a few no, you might be right actually yeah actually i feel like i stand by that i stand by that well, have you heard the new um the new migos song that she's on with cardi b no, but I'm sure I'm sure it's, it's really good. It's I'm really sure good. it's great because I would actually Cardi B and um, Nicki Minaj together sounds pretty awesome. I'll play it for you when this is done. It's it's really good. Because I'm super into that new Bruno Mars song that Cardi B's on. Oh yeah, it's very Finesse. good. It's very good. Uh, yeah, Christian Jordan Flow is a very surface level song. Yeah, it's all about like, and it's it, lyrically it's about like just pretty surfaces pretty much. Yeah, but, but I, think, I think it's a good transition. It's fun. Yeah. yeah. And then we transition into the sixth song from, and this is from 2010's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, All of the Lights. All of the Lights, All of the Lights. Featuring Deep Breath, John Legend, The Dream, Ellie Jackson, Alicia Keys, Fergie, Kit Cudi, Elton John, (laughs) Drake, Charlie Wilson, Tony Williams, and Rihanna. I know who most of those people are. Technically, the song is only credited to Kanye West featuring Rihanna. Yeah. Because she sings the the you know, majority of the hook, mm-hmm. but I feel like that you can hear the influences at least of those people, which I think is something that's really hard to do when you when you see a bunch of names like that. I'm always like, this is either going to sound really bad, or like you're not going to be able to hear like any of them. But I feel like he manages to like put them all together in a way that is understandable and does sound good and doesn't necessarily like there's some people on there that maybe you can't hear but like i kind of feel like i hear elton john in some you places do. he's at the end you can definitely hear elton like, john, you can definitely like, hear him um the, the only person i really can't hear is drake 
I honestly, I forgot he was in it because there's so many other people in it. Yeah. And yeah, when I saw that list of names when I, before I heard this, that song, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is going to sound so bad, yeah, right? Yeah, how is he going to do it? But it sounds really good. And I think it's like a, he's, a credit to him as a producer. I think all of My Beautiful Dark Twisted Family is a credit fa- fantasy. I keep saying My Beautiful Dark Twisted Family. Ooh. <laughs> mm, there's probably more to explore there, I think. Freudian slip much? Um, I think all of it is a, a credit to him as a producer because he does manage to take these giant groups of like artists who are all talented in their own right for the most part and and put them. <laughs> for the most part. I mean, I don't want to. I don't know shade, some of them. Shade thrown to Ellie Jackson of Larue. Sure. Do you think my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is the peak of Kanye's career? To this point, yes. I feel like this is his most musically mature, like to now. Like, even including the albums that come after this, do you think either of them are better than this album? No. Yeah. Because, yes, this is also probably the last album he's released. And unless he really, like, and this is a huge shift in the way he makes his albums nowadays, Mm -hmm. he's never going to release another album that's, like, this universally acclaimed. Like, everyone liked this album. It made so many I like top this tennis. album. You like it, and it's hard not to. It's a, it's, a, it's beautiful. Like it sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Like and not just like for a rap album, for anything. For anything, yeah. The, the, like you said, the productions, the, the arrangement, the yeah. way he throws people together, the, the lyrics. I think in this album you great. can. I think lyrically, it, this song particularly is not amazing lyrically, but. I, I have two thoughts about that. <laughs> the first of which is a sort of a disclaimer I should have thrown up earlier, which is that. Kanye West uses ghostwriters. I don't know to what extent. He's never really publicly discussed it, but it's pretty widely accepted in the, you know, the world of, of hip hop that he's not writing all his own rhymes. Okay. But I, I get the impression also, and I want to add a caveat to that caveat, mm-hmm. which is that I imagine that he, much in the same way Dr. Dre works with his ghostwriters. Like mm-hmm. I've read an interview with one of Dr. Dre's ghostwriters, uh, King Mez from Raleigh, shout out North Carolina. He, he, and Dr. Dre really works closely with his ghostwriters because, like, he he knows what he wants to say. He's just not he's ra- ra- writing rhymes is not Dr. Dre's skill. Yeah. So he needs help to get it out. Yeah. And I imagine because of how distinctive Kanye's voice is, mm-hmm. even though like you can compare the lyrics on "College Dropout" to like the lyrics on "Jesus," mm-hmm. there's definitely something different about those two right. people. But I think he's got creative control and i definitely would not deny his authorship of his lyrics even right. if he didn't write all them himself mm-hmm. just want to put that out there i'm aware of it that's it but i also want to say all the lights for it's a, it's a great song musically mm-hmm. i i don't uh, the lyrics i just want to say like what what don't you like about them i i didn't say that i didn't like them they're just not interesting i don't feel i said the lyrically it's not interesting but i don't feel bad about it (laughs) (laughs) he he does say the word lights a lot yeah and i you know because it's musically so interesting and so mature and so well produced and so lush like you said it doesn't need to be lyrically interesting but then i put it up against something like monster which i do find very lyrically interesting and and lyrically um like rich but also musically really rich it just is like a, a a comparison that I'm drawing. Yeah, I see that. But again, like it's lyrically not interesting, but I don't feel bad about it. I think it mm. is interesting, if only because it's one of the few times Kanye is rapping about someone that's not himself. Because you know Kanye West doesn't have a is not having custody disputes at borders. You're not wrong. And that <sighs> is 
very interesting, not just because it's, you know, like the lyrics aren't super, you know, there's not super deep, yeah. but the perspective change is interesting. And also the fact that it's over this like enormous lush and like overpowering beat with all these people behind him. Mm-hmm. The fact that he chooses to tell, to not use that as like a pl- platform to boast or, you know, to let loose his arrogant, you know, braggadocious side, but to rather like focus on like how fame and the the pressure of society can can mess with your head is super interesting because i've heard a remix of the song that has like big sean or some other people on it mm-hmm. where they're rapping about just you know like rapper stuff <laughs> i mean you know what i mean like yeah I know what you mean. like that sort of stuff yeah in, in that mode of rapping and it, it doesn't it doesn't work as well if you just try to rap like normal boastful stuff over this it sounds stupid so i think even the lyrics aren't super good like down to the actual like lines themselves yeah the idea of it is is is, is unique i think it is like it is the most musically mature that we've seen him and like the most musically interesting and like so and like i really think it's a credit to him as a producer and sometimes i feel like with people who are producers and like acclaimed producers and stuff you can you can't really see what they do and on this you can see what he's done and like even if he does have ghostwriters or whatever like there is talent there that he is expressing that you don't always get with somebody like that. Moving on. Less than a year after My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was released, Kanye released his uh, his co-album with Jay-Z, mm-hmm. Watch the Throne. L- less than, it's crazy to me less than a year later he released this album. And you know that, that album is, I have a lot of thoughts about that album and why it's how it's like, Again, very weird for an album by like two of the biggest rappers in the world. I think that's why it was so big. Yeah, that's probably why it's so like indelible. Like yeah. it wasn't like you now I've heard. I mean, the op- the exact opposite of this is Drake and Future's album, uh, "What a Time to Be Alive," which is funny from a certain standpoint, but is like just exactly what you expect those two to sound like. Whereas this, you know, uh, Jay Z references Socrates on the first al- song in the album. He raps about the MoMA. He, uh, you know, Kanye and the, and the RZA, they auto-tune a Nina Simone song. Otis Redding gets a feature credit. He's been dead, dead for 50 for a years. Long time, yeah. Um, this is probably the only song, the only album that I listened to when it came out. Because you could not, you couldn't not. Because everyone listened to it. Yeah, it came out, did it come out fall or spring, fall 2011? I think late summer. Late summer. August. Because I, I feel like it was. I just, I had just gotten back from being abroad the, the semester before, and it was like just when I got back to school, it was like everyone was talking about it, and it was what people were listening to. And that semester, we I was in the library a lot because I'm always in the library a lot. It's my senior year of college, um, and we had uh, my friends and I had a commandeered a study room that we were like basically just camping out in for like the two weeks before finals. <laughs> And every day we had a different, like, we all had our to-do list and we all had different names. And one day all of our names were different songs from <laughs> Watch the Throne. And I don't remember what mine was, but... I'd love to know what it was. I feel like maybe it was Otis. But I don't remember. Yeah, you, you're definitely an Otis. Um, but I just, because a different person got to choose them and Allison chose that. And that was, like, the soundtrack for that day also. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, Granted, that was like two months or three months after it came out, but it was still what people were talking about. I just, I feel like you couldn't escape that album. And I think it's a really interesting album. And that was one of the ones when you first gave me all the stuff. 
I that I listen to like multiple things from it because I like I like Jay Z on it a lot and I like I like Jay Z's voice a lot. Um, and I think in on this album in particular, it's really good. Yeah, this, this is catches Jay Z at the right uh, side of his good album, bad album uh, trajectory, <laughs> which he's been on for most of his career. Right, two good albums, two bad albums. It's, it's usually one good one, one bad one. Yeah. Like he like he came up with this. The next thing he dropped was Magna Carta, Holy Grail. Ooh, but then last year, 444. Yeah. Great album. Yeah. Anyway. But this, yeah, I, I like this album a lot. And I think it's really interesting to see two rappers who, who do have, I think, very different voices work really well together. Like the songs don't feel forced into each other, you know? Does that make sense? And I think yeah, that's yeah. that's a credit to both of them and, and Kanye and, and the production as opposed to there's like, let's do an album together and I'll write this first and you write this first yeah. and it'll go together. But like it feels like they work together on it, which I think could have not happened. That's probably, you're right. And that's that maybe it's partially due because both of them, Kanye obviously is a perfectionist, like like hands down. Like he like, I think every album he's ever made has been delayed because he couldn't stop working on it. And, and and Jay-Z is also very conscious of like trying to put out like a solid album every time he releases something. Not just thinking about singles and right, stuff yeah, like he's that. Right, yeah. So he's very conscious of like, well, he's maybe sometimes too conscious of his own legacy. Mm-hmm. But he's trying to like, he doesn't always succeed, but every album is supposed to be like a new, a work unto itself. Mm-hmm. And so if we get those two people together, they're going to have the similar like idea. We need to make this a distinct thing they're as good like as it is. They're not friends anymore, right? Aren't they, they, aren't they having a rift? They're, they're having a rift right now, but Kanye <laughs> seems to be having a rift with... The world. The world right now. I mean, he just had, just had gave birth to his third child, or he didn't give birth. He didn't but you know, do that. He had a, he has a third kid now, so yeah. his family life seems to be going okay. Mm. Uh, I haven't mentioned yet that the song I picked off this album is yeah. the most obvious choice I could have made. Yeah, a song which I'll refer to as "Blanks in Paris." Sounds good. Don't want to even. We're get, not going to go there. Not going to go We're there. We're not going to go there. You know the song I mean. We don't, don't say that word, and no one who looks like us should say that word. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what we mean. Yeah. And that song is amazing. Very good. It is, again. I think I've maybe already mentioned this. This is the album where Kanye became a human meme. Sort of, he sort of transcended to meme status. Oh no! I remember what song I was. What song were you? Ham. Ham. Isn't that on this album? It's a bonus track, though. Right. Ooh, backhand. Mm. Ooh, sneak diss. Sorry. In the rap world, we call that a subliminal. Mm. No, I think this this song is great, and it's so evocative of what the album is. I think, and it like builds and then it drops and then it builds again and it's like it's like i want to be running yeah but in the middle of this like insanely <laughs> like bouncy fun song it's, kanye stops it dead for a sample from the will ferrell movie blades of glory so weird so weird but like <laughs> but i love it i love that it's that weird and, and he's that weird yeah but you you can't like that's such an indelible moment like you'll yeah. never forget that song and the song wouldn't be the same without it yeah we're going to skate to one song and one song only. Wait. You are a ham, though. Could you, you do go hard as a motherfucker. I do go hard as a motherfucker. You too. It's true. The next song I picked is from, I'm excited about this one. Is from uh, <laughs> Cruel Summer, which is not a Kanye album. It is a label album. It's a group album. Yeah. It's an album that, that was released like from the good music imprint, yeah. starring basically every musician who was on it at the time, yeah. with the notable exception of My Fave, Mr. Hudson, but... Yeah. I'm not angry or I anything. I like that's not totally unheard of. I feel like Doomtree's done that. Yeah, Doomtree. Doomtree is more of an indie band. Like there's yeah. like eight people on that label. Yeah, or maybe more than that. But you know <laughs> what I mean. Yeah. Like these are a lot this of. This like, was this was like a major label. 
a lot of people who are very no it's not unheard of jay-z did the same thing with the with the rockefeller like 10 years earlier yeah but it's it's still it, weird it's it's weird it's very uneven is the thing yeah that's why it's not it's one of the reasons it's good not to count as a kanye album because it would be his worst album if mm-hmm. you thought about it that way yeah but, it's not, but I still I still consumed it as if it were, you know, because yeah. it was like he was on a lot of the tracks, he executive produced and produced a lot, a lot of music as well. Um, and the song you picked? The song I picked was is New God Flow, featuring Pusha T and Ghostface Killer. I love this song. I don't fucking know why, but I really fucking love this song. Yeah, <laughs> I love Pusha T so much. He's I think I've said before in this podcast, actually, he's my favorite I feel like rapper. we have talked about this. And this song, I think when we did the Dessa one, yep, yep. we talked about Pusha T. It's so good. It's so good. It starts off in such a high place. I believe there's a God above me, but I'm the God of everything else. Like, holy shit. I, <laughs> Just saying that level of intensity throughout an entire song is really impressive. I really, really liked it. And I think, like, it's it sort of feels like it reconciles Kanye post watch the throne kanye and like college dropout graduation kanye like it, this song feels like it reconciles those two things for me huh. like lyrically at least there is some is and some and somewhat musically as well but i love this song i love it so much you're right i, I never thought about that but there's a little bit of like you know that post uh, uh 808s like over the top yeah boasting but it's also a little bit of that. You know, he's got like a little bit introspection, of, a yeah, little, little bit of introspection, a little bit of that social consciousness, a yeah. bit of that awareness of the world he comes from and like what it means for him to be where he is now. I feel like this is who I think Kanye is, like as a person currently. Like if you were saying he's not a character, you know, he's not, he's not a, a persona. Like if he is a person, a human, this is what I feel like he is. That feels very appropriate. But yeah, super, super into New God Flow. New God flow, fuck everything else. And then we then we jump ahead to so after, you know, spending two or three years making the biggest, like most over the top music he could make, Kanye once again swerved and Swerve. pared it down to like this acid rap, grimy trap. Just like almost I when I first heard Yeezus, or at least in twenty thirteen, my first thought was punk rock. I mean, a lot of people probably take issue with that, but the way punk rock also like was trying to strip down rock and roll, like it's mm-hmm. barest essence and communicate like powerful emotions in a very like fast, aggressive way. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jesus does that. Now, the song I picked is not a good example of that once no. again, but it is my favorite song on the album. It's Hold My Liquor featuring Justin Vernon of Bon Iver and Chief Keef. This song, when I listened to it after I read all your notes... I felt like I appreciated it more. Like the idea that Kanye is trying to do a minimalist version of what he did on, let's say, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, where it's just big and lush and loud. And this is like the, I want to take out as much as I can until it's just a song and not a production. How much can I remove and still make it sound good? Yeah. Basically. And and that was like, that twisted the way I was thinking about it. Because before that, I was like, I was not... mm, but like looking at it from a production standpoint, it makes it a lot more interesting. That's a good point because it's the same. It's a similar thing to the way you pointed out about all of the lights. Yeah. Where the way he like puts all these voices together in a way that really works. Because I'm still like in awe of the fact that he put Justin Vernon and Chief Keef like this fey wispy like like oh singing song is about woodsman woodsman <laughs> a real man of the woods. <laughs> The proto the Justin proto Timberlake, Justin Timberlake, man, Timberlake of the man of the woods. <laughs> and then Chief Keep, Played was, by Justin Timberlake on Saturday Night Live. 
Oh yeah, there's connections there. And then Chief Keef, who was like this, like he was pretty popular at the point this came out. But like to most of America, was like like an underground like Chicago kid, like 18 years old, who made like grimy trap music. Mm-hmm. And he put them both together on the same song, and it still works seamlessly, even though there's none of that you know like lush orchestration from Dark Fantasy behind it. They still feel like a, of, of a piece. Of a whole, even yeah. though it's like still this they don't minimalist feel vibe. totally out of sync with each other, which is like I think a lot of what we've been talking about this whole time with my beautiful dark twisted fan- fantasy and all of the lights, and then also with Watch the Throne, how they don't feel out of sync with each other, even though there's a lot going into it. And I think that is like to me what I've learned from this episode is like Kanye's chief talent is being able to put artists together, possibly, <laughs> and like produce things. That are yeah. musically interesting and boundary pushing in ways. Two quick things. Kanye, in an interview with the New York Times, was discussing his inspiration for Jesus. He mentioned a lamp by a French designer whose name I'm going to... Uh, Le Corbusier? Le Corbusier. Yeah. He basically, like, he was living in Paris. And he would go to, like, he went to the Louvre and they had, a, like, a furniture exhibit, like a... Like a what, what, what would we call that? Decorative arts. Decorative arts. It's like a decorative arts design. Exhibit, whatever we would call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he saw this Le Corbusier lamp and he would like just, I think basically just like stare at it. And I mean, that, I'm, that, I'm with him there. It's a fucking awesome lamp. It's, it's very minimalist. It's like stone and yeah. glass basically, right? Yeah. And I love the idea that he gets inspiration from architecture. Yeah. That's really like, uh, this is kind of corny. That's, that's like a real creative artistic mind working like he's drawing inspiration from everything so into that and like when i read <laughs> when i when i read your thing i'm sorry i'm so excited about it when i read your the whole quote about le corbusier and and sort of minimalism and and um like le corbusier's buildings are so interesting he's minimalist and sort of like you know 20th century architecture um he did some really weird awesome churches and um I like him a lot. I also just find decorative arts and, and design really, really interesting. When I went to Design Miami, um, the only time I went to any of the art fairs ever, like all my pictures are just of lamps. I'm just like, <laughs> that lamp's so cool. That lamp's so cool. Oh my God, a lamp. <laughs> um, I, I think lamps and chairs and stuff are super interesting and, and finding new interesting ways to design things that we already use to me is just like fascinating um in another life i wanted to be an interior designer so i feel like it makes sense but i guess i could still do that if i wanted to but i'm i'm chill where i am (laughs) but yeah lamps are cool i'm with you there kanye i love lamps i love lamps one more thing before we move on uh the song hold my liquor with justin vernon and chief keef a little bit trivia for you uh justin vernon famously recorded the first bonnie vera album for emma forever ago uh in a cabin a secluded cabin in the woods while Chief Keef rose to prominence after releasing his earliest music videos while under house arrest. So, you know, they had that in common. I'm sure if they were ever in the studio... Bringing stu- people together. I'm sure if they were ever in the studio together, which they probably were not, yeah. they had plenty to talk about. Both the uh, isolationists. Like being on their own. Well, I mean, Chief Keef didn't choose to be on his own. He was under house arrest. <laughs> you, you get my point. I get your point, yes. The tenth and final song is from Kanye's 2016 album, The Life of Pablo. Specifically, the final version, because there are several, like four or five versions out there now. Wow. Because this album is the one he uploaded to Tidal. Oh. Because it was on Tidal, he could very easily like go in there and like and change, change stuff and and upload the new version immediately, mm-hmm. which led to some really weird stuff. Because like the, when he first released it, the mixing was wrong. 
Like the way it was mastered was bad. Like it just <laughs> it just didn't sound right. I still loved it. And originally he had like he released the song that I picked for this album, Wolves, featuring Vic Mensa and Sia. Originally he had them on the song when it premiered a year earlier at a fashion show. Then for the first version of the album, he took them both off and everyone was like, what happened to Wolves? And Kanye famously tweeted, I'm a fixed Wolves. <laughs> he did. He fixed Wolves. I'm a fixed Wolves. He put them back on it. And now it's, uh, it's, you know, it's not a, it's not a rap song by any stretch of the imagination. It's not even, you know, if, if you don't he like just... that high pitched whistling sound that Caroline Shaw does at the beginning. Oh yeah. That's what that is. You would, uh, you would hate, you would hate this, but Sarah man, doesn't like the song. Sarah hates this song. <laughs> she was mad I picked this song. Because she would have picked Ultralight Beam. Well, which is a great song, and I know that song. And which is I, great. I, I great. like Ultralight Beam a lot. Ultralight Beam, though, is an argument for why Chance the Rapper is fantastic. Yes. Maybe not so I much. agree. Or that Kirk Ult- Franklin. Well, I think Ultralight Beam is also another um, tour de force of production yeah. on Kanye's part. And knowing that Kanye wasn't going to be able to do what Chance does on Ultralight Beam. Yeah. Like, Ultralight Beam is a great song. Everyone should go listen to it. It's fucking great. <laughs> second second favorite Kanye song, probably. So um, good. It's very good. But Wolves, man, I love Wolves. I can't even front. This song is so bleak and like dark and sad in a way that's like you don't know exactly what it's about, but mm-hmm. everyone who's on it just sounds like they're in so much emotional pain. And I'm maybe projecting a little bit there because this album came out at a very low point for me in terms of mental health. So I listened to it in a very like like obsessive way like it was like it was like i was just like alone with this album for like a whole month i was just like digging into it and Aww. like thinking about it all last the time. year or two years or two ago. years ago yeah i mean I feel, I feel better now okay but you know it was i guess a... i was not in a great place either. <laughs> <laughs> but um and when i hear the song wolves i think of this is a very specific image but i think of like like a cage like on a, a swing on a chain above like a dark empty mountain range like it just sounds so. I mean, did desolate. you see my comment? I said to this that this song sounds like my anxiety feels. Like it's heavy and hard, but also super complex and weird. Like, because explaining your own anxiety to anyone else is so difficult, and like my anxiety slash depression, because both, yay! yay. <laughs> um, like it just it it. It sounds like this feels, it feels desperate, but also like inside <laughs> and and heavy, but also complex. And especially like Kanye's part is very like echoey and loud. Like it's like echoing off of like a huge empty room. But then like when the drums kick in, it becomes very intense and mm-hmm. like, like fast paced and aggressive. Then it backs off again. And the Vic Mensa verse is very like, it's just sad. Just yeah. like utter self-loathing yeah exactly then sia comes in and it's pretty like you know her weird her weird voice as cliche as it sounds i think sia's voice elevates any song that she's on because it's so weird and distinctive and arty <laughs> uh, no, absolutely it's, it, it, it adds an element to the song that just just for the sake of how she sounds mm-hmm. like it, she could just be like saying nothing like just yeah projecting noise and it would add something so valuable i think like, I think without this, you're saying that this was released without her and Vic Mensa, and I think it would just be bad. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, I mean, I still liked it okay, but it wasn't nearly what it is now because in that, well, first of all, the original version that he released in the fashion show did not have the uh, Kanye's rap verse in it. Which, you know, 
I could take or leave. <laughs> it's not. It, there's parts of it that I, I, I don't hate. Mm-hmm. The entire, like, I like the way the, the Mary and Joseph in the club thing, like, mm-hmm. loops back around to the idea that this is supposed to be, like, a gospel-themed album mm-hmm. from the first song. And I, I, as, as corny as it is, I, I kind of like the, like, I know there's corny bitches you wish you could unfollow. Yeah. No, no, I don't mind that part. Yeah. But then he says, like, this is really where it all falls apart. He yeah. says, you tried to play, you tried to be nice. Everybody just took advantage. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Great sentiment. You left your fridge open. Somebody just took a sandwich. Kanye, why? You were doing so well. <laughs> you just dropped the ball. But I kind of love it now that I'm thinking about it. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. And... I, part of me is like, what if Kanye made a comedy rap album? <sighs> like, what if he just tried to be funny? Have you seen Anchorman 2? Would it work? <laughs> is he in it? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe, maybe some things are best left unexplored. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, actually, Kelsey, I, I, I think I've made my thoughts on Kanye pretty clear. I think you really like Kanye. I, I, I like him a lot. Yeah. Have I made my, have I made myself clear in any way to you and trying to explain to you why I think he is important and good and worth thinking I think about? Your, your notes and your selections have definitely um, showed me that Kanye is more than a rapper. And his talent maybe isn't necessarily the rapping part, but he is a an artist in in a in a production sense and in a in a um building he builds things. He builds songs and albums and He takes time and care to craft his work and in a genre and in really a medium that values like quick, fast, get it done, get it out the door, move on to the next thing, he really works to push the music he's making into a new area. He's always trying to advance the genre. Mm-hmm. And I think he has. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, you know, I don't want to say in 10 years, you know, the radio is going to sound like Life of Pablo, but it, it could. It might, though. It could, honestly. It might. I mean, I think the radio sounds like 808s and Heartbreak right now, but... Yeah, like, th- that, that. this might be what's, like, next for, at the very least, rap music. Yeah. I don't know. And that's really all I got to say about it. Like yeah. he's a, he's a, he's an artist. Yeah. And I don't think you can. I, think I don't think you can debate that. Like I think he has immense talent, and that's not in a question at all. Yeah, you can. You know, he's he's said some questionable things in public. Some mm-hmm. things that even like irritate or bother me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But none of it like. And you can like take issue with that all you want. Like that's mm-hmm. fine. But you have to really really be like purposely like ignorant to ignore like what he's done musically and how talented he is i agree cool also i just want to say uh the one supplemental thing i have i will put the playlist i made online for people to you know peruse if they want to most likely on twitter wherever it'll be up there yeah in the show notes, I should do that too. You should do that. We never put things in the I show know, notes. I know, I never do. I'm we really gotta bad put things about in the, it. We should put things I'm in the so show notes. I'm so bad about that. But my, that my one additional thing I'll say is that if you have time and the inclination to, please watch the VH1 Storytellers that Kanye did. It came out in 2010. No, it came out at the end of 2009. And it was at the height of his 808s and Heartbreak aesthetic. So, I mean, if you didn't ever saw him or like any press photos of him during this time, he during this concert especially he's wearing like a gray suit with a pink shirt he's got this indescribably bad haircut it's like a mullet jerry curl but like with a fade 
It's insane. It's so terrible. It's mm-hmm. you have to. It has to be seen to be believed. But also like the arrangements he does in this this uh, concert are really good. Mm-hmm. And like he he you know he's got the auto tune working, so he's 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 does his own parts for the the featured uh, appearances. Like he does this, the, he does this one thing with the like the intro for Good Life is like three minutes long, and he just walks on the stage going, "I'm about to go crazy," <laughs> and I still think about it to this day. And and also it's it's a great way to like get the purest version of like what Kanye's public persona is. What would you give in your life to have been in the audience at that oh, concert? Oh my god. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. I don't, I don't want to know myself that well. <laughs> okay. I won't press it. Yeah. I just I just recommend, at the very least, go look up the YouTube video for his performance of Amazing, which is like nine minutes long. And like halfway through, the song's still going on. He's just not singing anymore. He just goes in this whole long rant. And at one point he says, Michael Jackson, amazing. Michael Phelps, amazing. OJ Simpson, Amazing. Okay. He never. He doesn't really follow up on that. He, he <laughs> says like, "Was it not amazing? Was what he did not amazing?" And everyone applauds. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. And it, but also like he give me. It's very vulnerable and honest. He's like, "Hey, look, I know I act like an like an asshole at award shows sometimes. Like I know I, you know, run off the mouth when I shouldn't. And I'm sorry, but I didn't kill anyone. <laughs> and like his honesty, he's so without." I don't know what the word is here. Guile. Mm-hmm. He's 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 real. He's mm-hmm. not fake. That's not that's not always a good thing. But when you like actually hear him talk or like look up any interview he's ever done with like the New York Times or any anyone, if you just listen to or read his like long form discussions, it's 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 kind of hard to follow sometimes. He his mind moves in a weird way. But you see that he's like he's like genuine about what he's trying to do, and he's 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 not wrong. Not Kanye about, West. Not wrong. Not wait. I, I want. I did. I know. I just said the thing about OJ, so maybe I should qualify that. He's probably wrong about that. I mean, if amazing just means a thing, he did amazed people. I think that that was his point. Yeah. Or maybe he's talking about his football career, which was amazing good, in a yeah. good way. <laughs> and then you know the whole he probably murdered his ex-wife yeah. and her friend. Yeah. And got away with it. That's that's amazing. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, those are my thoughts on O.J. Simpson. <laughs> Special thanks to Danny Abowd of The Weeping Willards for your of their song Outside in the Rain from their album, The Weeping Willards, available now on Bandcamp. Um, special thanks to Carly Sussman for designing our logo. You can find her work at carly-rose.com. Please, if you get the chance, do rate and review us on iTunes. Please do. We'd, We'd love for you, for you to do that. We would really appreciate if you did that. Um, tell your friends about us. Tweet about us. Tweet at us. Tweet at us. Find us on Twitter or Facebook. We're there. And that's it. That's it. We're not on Instagram. No, we're not really that kind of show. If you want a show that is like that, you should listen to Andrew Ninja Warrior. That is our first and only currently spinoff <laughs> podcast starring executive producer Sarah Shepard and our friend Andrew Guest. <laughs> as as they attempt to train body and mind in order to prepare Andrew to audition for American Ninja Warrior. It's a great show. Follow them on Instagram. Their Instagram's really good. It is very good. I mean, listen to the show first and foremost, but their Instagram, uh, it's on point. It's on point. And that's it for us for now. Yep. We'll be back again next time. With something else. 
<laughs> something with something else. Something Who else. knows what Who it will knows? be? Might not even be a podcast. Hopefully it's a podcast. It's probably going to be a podcast. Probably. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. Only I can mention me. Only I can mention me. Do we want to do a funny thing at the beginning? Do we? Do we have a funny thing? What if what if what if you were like on this episode Jason ruins my life with an Irishman like, I'm gonna let you finish, but ruin my life. I want the best Kanye West episodes of all time. I'm of not, all time. I'm not against it. Do you want to do it now or do you want to just leave in what we just said? <laughs> I kinda like it if you just leave it what we just said. <laughs> let's do a let's do let's do a clean one just for so we have it. Okay. Just to have it in the tank. Okay. <laughs>